Friday, December 4. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by my co-host, Shane Lee. How are you, buddy? Timmy, I'm great, mate. Friday's here and lots to talk about in sport on this weekend. Oh, absolutely. Enormous weekend of sport. You can watch me tomorrow morning and Sunday morning weekend edition on Sky News. And Shane, of course, you're still very involved in sport. Mate, I am. And uh, yes, obviously looking forward to the T20 match. Now we go from the one-day format over to T20. Um, with some few players under a little bit of pressure and Australia's going to be, be without Cummins, Stoinis and Warner. So a bit of a different look team to the uh, the previous one days. Yeah, we've got a huge show on the way. We're going to talk to Matty Dunning, of course, uh, this test match, Australia taking on the Pumas at Bankwest Stadium. These Argentinian players, they got banned. They look like they got put back in. They're banned again, so we'll talk about all of that. Paul Smith, the colourful owner of the Sydney Kings, is on the way, and we're going to chit-chat about quite a number of other sporting issues. This is Afternoon Sport. It's great to have your company. Shane, first up, let's look at Monica Oval, Canberra. Uh, it was a good one day. Uh, Australia went down to India by 13 runs. It starts very differently tonight. T20, the whole uh, thing gets thrown apart and put back together again. Yep, T20, so it's the fast game. A lot of players coming straight from the IPL, so they're very, very f- uh, familiar with this format. Um, as I said in the preview, uh, Australia's going to be, be without Cummins, Stoinis and Warner. Um, so the pressure goes on the likes of Maxwell, who's had a fantastic one-day series with three fantastic scores. Darcy Short comes in as a batsman, who's a strong left-hander. And Andrew Ty, um, I think, is a fantastic one-day bowler. Lots to see, but India are going to be looking for a bit of blood. Yeah, it's going to be a, a cracking game. I, I love the T20 format. I know that there are some of those that are, are real purists that have taken a while to get on board. Just on that subject of the ramp shot and the, the reverse sweep and all those kinds of things that those like Ian Chappell and Lenny Pascoe in the week aren't big fans of, what do you actually think? I never got to ask you that. Look, I, I think I think it's fair. I, I think the way that the batting has changed in, in cricket through T20 and also the fielding, has been exceptional. I love the reverse sweep. I, I think it brings a lot to the game. And players literally in the last last, last 10 years have developed a skill set that you know, was happening even when I was playing, only, only sort of you know, 15 years ago. Um, you get to see Maxwell, the guy hitting sixes, reverse sweeping. It's amazing. Yeah, look, I think I'm on your page. They're pretty difficult things to do, so if you can actually achieve it, it should be in the rules. Well, big time. The problem you've got is you go and you see the go past the cricket net and you see these young kids practicing, you know, 10 years of age, and before they can play a cover drive, they're trying to hit a reverse sweep. So <laughs> I think you need to get the basics first, kids, if you're listening in, but, um, but it's definitely great to watch, and, it, and it's great theatre, the T20 format. Let's quickly look at rugby league. Josh Adokar, there always seems to be a signing drama in the off-season, and he is the centrepiece, arguably the world's number one winger. It looks this morning like the West Tigers are out, the Bulldogs have tabled a deal around a couple of million, and now Newcastle's in on the game. What do you make of all of this? Oh, look, mate, I, I think, uh, as you said, Adokar, he is, um, particularly during the State of Origin this year, was probably our, one of our best players. The guy is super fast. Um, he's a winner, and when he gets his ball in his hand, he, he can really convert tries. There's a lot of money flying around, but saying that, you know, like any team, mate, um, you can have a really good wingers and people out wide, but if the, if the front rowers aren't doing the job, mate, 
it doesn't really matter, does it? No, it doesn't. How hard is it, that whole negotiating process? Because as a former professional sports person yourself, you've only got a certain window, haven't you? So you've got to really make hay. It's tough because you've been listening to a lot of different people. Look, as a player, you probably have a thought where you'd like to go. Um, you know, in, in rugby league, it's a little bit different. Uh, whether you go to Canterbury or, or West Tigers, as you said, it doesn't really matter because you're going to be based in you know, um, the inner west. Um, Newcastle is a big move because you're going to sort of a one-team town. Uh, but yeah, I, I think as a player, you, you sort of have your heart set on where you'd like to go and then the money sort of follows. Yeah, it's interesting to see a lot of the different sports starting to put their formats together for 2021 because uh, at times this year, they were fully stopped because of COVID-19. The supercars, the tin tops. I used to love it watching Bathurst when there were mini miners and sandmans and Tiranas. They're going under lights next year. What about that? Look, I think it's a fantastic initiative. I think, why haven't they done this a little bit earlier? I think going under lights allows um, the TV ratings to go through the roof. It, it means that it can be done at night where people are home and watching the, uh, the sport. So, fantastic idea. All right, we're going to talk to Matty Dunning a little later in the show. Uh, what about Rugby Union? There's been some signs of improvement, hasn't there? Although they weren't able to get the win against Argentina, 15 all the other day, they played them tomorrow, but it seems like they're moving in the right direction. Yeah, and for me, the, the real litmus test is that when I walk into the Buena Vista Hotel in Mossman, uh, if there are people there ready for the, for a Wallabies match, is always a good sign. That has been the case this year. And I think, yeah, I, I agree. I think we've got our scrum right. We're, we're winning some lineouts. Yes, we've, we've made a few mistakes and, and we've had a couple of draws. But, yeah, I think we're on the right track here. How big was Rugby Union back at the Oak Flats pub? Mate, it wasn't big back there. We, um, we didn't wear tweed jackets or anything like that. And uh, it, was, it was a rugby league town where I grew up. But... Uh, now, I've always been a rugby union fan, and, and it's been a sport that people aspire to. And uh, yeah, this is a big match for them. I think they need 100 points. Is that correct? Yeah, they need to win by 101. It's not going to happen, of course, to win the Tri-Nations. I think New Zealand's got that. Uh, but the the other thing, uh, and I'll leave it here because we want to get into our guests, but rugby union really needs to start sort of moving away from just the GPS and private schools. Don't they? If they're ever going to really get it going, they need to start to think about where their base can be expanded. 100%. And the sport that does this the best is the AFL. They, they have infiltrating. Unfortunately, with with rugby union, it's it's a real size game, and um, you know a, a lot of the kids, uh, you know, at fourteen years of age, are over a hundred kilos. Um, and if you're a young, skinny kid uh, to go and play rugby union or go and play AFL and not get hurt, it's not much of a choice, really, is it? Yeah, AFL great at it, aren't they? Because they isolate athletes. They say, okay, I don't know if you can kick or catch, but I'm looking at your balance and looking at the way you move and your height. Yeah, that's it, and uh, and and they do produce great athletes. But uh, all things rugby union, I'm looking forward to getting Matt Dunning's take on this. And uh, Matty's always uh, got some really good insights. Yeah, he's coming up a little later in the show. But Paul Smith next, the colourful owner of the Sydney Kings basketball, a real resurgence in Australia. This is afternoon sport. This is Afternoon Sport on a Friday. Oh, yeah, the world's starting to look better, isn't it? We're having the sound of cicadas, the sausages are sizzling, the restrictions are, are being lifted, and, and basketball in this country, Shano, it's had a real resurgence. I remember a number of years ago, and it was the, the hottest ticket in town, and it's quickly getting back that way. Yeah, I love it. I love basketball, and uh, we've got Paul Smith on the line here, but it's a really big sport within the schools. I do a bit of work with Spartan Sports, and the number of basketballs sold to schools every year are huge. It's a great game and this man on the line now Paul Smith has got us some really really good talent here 
Yeah, absolutely. Paul Smith, the owner of the Sydney Kings, welcome. And I suppose the most pivotal question to begin with, the most important question is, where do you get all these colourful shirts from? <laughs> uh, it's a bit of a mistake, actually. I bought a shirt in New Zealand, uh, in Auckland. I, I just thought it was funny. I just bought it and I wore it to a game and it sort of became something it wasn't meant to be. But look, most of the things in my life are mistakes that came out okay. So yeah, that's okay. This is one of the many that I've made. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And Paul, big news this week, Andrew Bogart retiring. It's a big loss. He did. Oh, it's a big loss, but I think it's a big gain as well. You know, I think Andrew's made a hell of a contribution to basketball. Um, he certainly made an enormous contribution to Sydney Kings in just two years. We'd all acknowledge that. You know, what he's done for the game of basketball and what he's done for professional basketballers in Australia to show that you can get there, the first number one draft pick, mm. then go on and not be a bust like a lot of these top draft picks are. They don't turn out. Andrew went on and had a huge career despite a lot of injuries and a lot of challenges. And and even then, I think what I'm most grateful for is that he's he's carved the pathway back to Australia for basketball players out of the, the NBA particularly. And he's done so in a manner which it's provided a pathway for um, moving back into it with a business sense, but it also, he came back, he came back to play. He didn't come back to do a lap of honor. He came back Mm -hmm. to perform and he did that MVP in his first season back. Yeah. And, and, but I think now, as I said, it's a, it's a loss for basketball, but it's it's a gain for our society because to have a guy like Andrew here living here in Australia, look, he's a, he's an interesting figure. There's no doubt about that. (laughs) People certainly have opinions about him and that's fine. And, but he, you know, he, he's a voice that's, that's needed, I think, in the, in the landscape that we operate in. There's a lot of vanilla. There's a lot of, you know, uh, again, I watched something last night. I watched the game. They said, oh, we're just focusing on the next game. We're staying in the moment. It's all very same-same, yeah, same, you know. You, don't, you, don't, you won't get that from Andrew, I can tell you. No, no, no. He speaks his mind. He's a big man. He plays like that and he, and he sort of he conducts his life like that. And from a journalistic perspective, as a sports journalist for 30 years, they're the people that you gravitate to because they are the ones that make the stories. They're the ones that propagate the sport forward. Does Andrew Bogut stay with you guys? Because I know he, he was part of your ownership group. Yeah. So the deal we did with Andrew was that Upon his retirement, which we didn't know when that would be, and if that would be as a Sydney Kings player for that matter, um, upon his retirement, uh, he would be entitled to acquire, if you wish, or he would be vested 10% ownership in the team. Now, and look, the conversation with Andrew around his retirement after last season and the way the things unfolded, uh, he and I agreed that it, we wouldn't discuss it. Uh, he, he needed to come to a decision on his own. He didn't need me. Yeah. calling him every other day to say what's going on. Um, so that, mean, that meant we parked a lot of issues up because if he'd made a decision this week to say I'm coming back to play one last season, mm. then any discussions prior to that regarding the circumstances around his ownership of a part of the team would have been redundant. So it's been something we've, we know that's on the, on, the, on the agenda, but we didn't know when that agenda, would, and agenda item would arrive. It has now. But even now, he's, look, he's very busy with things right now with his with, with the news after this, his new new podcast and all those sorts of things. So you know, he, he and I'll get to that matter when we've got the when we've got the time and place for it. Paul, the season kicks off on the twenty fourth of Jan. How's the team looking? Mate, look at all right. Look, I look. I don't know what it is, but you know, everyone everyone else in the NBL hates us. You know, so. Um, <laughs> It's not a bad place to be sometimes, Paul. It's good, mate. It's good. At least you know where you stand with him. Absolutely. I've had a bit of that over the years. <laughs> <laughs> so we've uh, so we sort of uh, 
look, we've, we've got a, we have got a great squad. Uh, I, I feel we've got a really, really good team, really well balanced. Um, look, we've had a very – it's been an incredibly hard off-season. It's been an off three seasons, it feels like, since mm. the fact that everything's been delayed. We normally start mm. around October. We're nowhere near that. We've gone past that date. We're, we only found out yesterday our first roster of games for, for the first five five weeks. So, you know, it's a it's a really been very difficult, been very challenging for our players. Um, and you know, more importantly, we we our head coach resigned and took a role in the United States. And mm. you know, and and that's been I sort of still a bit. I'm so happy for Will. I'm so happy for the circumstances of what took place. But at the same time, I'm sitting there thinking, how many owners of teams have you know lost their coach six to eight weeks mm. before a season if it wasn't <laughs> yeah. a dumpster fire and they sacked the guy? You know, like, and so it's a combination of things that I think have presented themselves for us. But in all of that, I feel very, very comfortable about things. And I'm I wouldn't be I'm not here to I don't I don't tell stories. Like I'll tell you as it is. I think we've got a really well balanced team. We've got a lot of young guys. We brought in some. We brought in um, DJ Vizilijic from uh, mm-hmm. out of uh, Florida, who is a young Australian guy. He did four years there. Uh, he's a flamethrower. He's, we got him on a three-year deal. We've got the nucleus of team back. Of course, we don't have Bogues, but we got Casper Ware back. Um, and really, yeah. really excitingly, we've we've just recruited a guy called Jarrell Martin, who's a six foot ten center. Yeah, wow. Mm. Not four center out of out of uh, been in the NBA. He's twenty six years old. Uh, he's a terrific guy, and what I love about it, it's a little bit of the Jay Sean Tates about it. You know, we had Jay Sean mm-hmm. join us last year on the base. He wanted to get into the NBA. He's now playing in the Houston Rockets system. And the thing with Jarrell is our job, our commitment, Jarrell is to help him get back to that that position where he's a, he, he is an attractive uh, option in the in the NBA and um, so he plays head off that's what I believe. Oh yeah mm-hmm. definitely and if that is successful it really lifts your brand doesn't it from an international perspective Paul. How important is it to as we close this off to just let last year go and any of that resentment towards the complicated finish and, and just move forward? That's a really interesting question too and I haven't had that posed to me really in, in any interviews <laughs> I've done recently. Um, it is important. It's, it's, it's not about, about letting it go. It's about acknowledging um, that, mm. you know, the decisions that were made at that time by us were decisions that we still believe were right. The history will judge us that way. The resentment, if there is any, is only about the fact that we just didn't get, didn't get the job finished. And I think that from our perspective, it's, look, it's part of it. It'll be part of our fabric. It'll be part of what we are. Uh, we certainly we know we know we've got a job to do this year. There's a lot of spirit inside the club to get on with it and get it done, um, and do, do our best. But you know what I do appreciate most of all in all of that was the unbelievable support we received from our fans and from our members and from corporates who acknowledged the toughness of the decision and that the fact that it was made in a spirit around community safety, public safety, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's yeah, what's yeah. most meaningful for me. The haters are going to hate. Mm. That's fine. Yeah. And the rest is history. So we, that doesn't worry me. But what I take, the comfort I take out of it is that, you know, we got to a place where we, we made the right decision and history will judge us that way. Yeah, Paul, so uh, you mentioned earlier, mate, it's been a, been a tough off-season, mate. So there must be about 25 Hawaiian shirts uh, sitting in the cupboard saying, pick me, pick me for the first match, mate. So we, 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 look, we look forward to seeing your court, court side, mate. Well, thanks, mate. Look, I've got one little special one. But the problem is, you know, I, I, I want to know now, how do you shave your back 
with that manscape thing you're thing you're involved with. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Oh, that doesn't hurt when it comes off. Paul, we look forward to talking to you throughout the course of the summer. Basketball is well and truly back on the map here in Australia. And uh, Shane and I will come courtside, mate. We can't wait to get there. Hey, we've, got an extra large seat. we've got an extra large seat for Shane. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't Thanks, worry, mate. Don't worry. You'll need, you'll, need, you'll need two of them. There's both. We're both over the 100kg mark. All right. You'll probably need three if Matt Dunning comes and he's next to talk all things rugby. This is afternoon sport time to talk the game they play in heaven. Shane Lee, Rugby Union, you love it, don't you? But I do love it, and uh, there's been some good signs this year. Um, the results haven't gone our way, but uh, you know, we seem to be winning a, a few scrums and a few lineouts, mate, so it's, I think it bodes well. But uh, we need a big performance against Argentina. I think we need 101 points. Yeah, I don't know whether those 101 will get scored. I was up in Newcastle the other week when Australia played Argentina. I was up there with Matt Dunning, and he joins us on the line. Matty Dunning, how are you? Good, guys. How are you? How are you, Matty? What, what did Billy Birmingham say? Not an impossible task, but pretty... <laughs> but but look, there were promising signs there, but just those odd errors that have uh, been a part of their game for a while just sort of prohibited that victory. Because in the first half, they were all over them like a cheap soup, weren't they, in attack? Yeah, definitely. Look, I've, I've been really encouraged by what the Wallabies have done this year. They're recycling ball, they're holding on to it. Um, yeah, there was sort of the... Uh, the lapse in in Homebush uh, when we obviously had some some debutants against a, a a great Kiwi side in the wet, uh, but there's just something that they've just still got you know a little bit missing just that X factor that I think if they can get that this team can go all the way and I think that's just that ability to sort of offload in contact and recycle that ball you know we were we're retaining the ball for twenty phases and you know making little dents but if we can get in behind them a bit and you know just yeah. slip the ball yeah. a bit like the Kiwis do really well. Um, I think we can go, go with any team in the world. I think that's the only thing missing for me. And well, I'm really encouraged about this team. And Matty, and James O'Connor, he, he comes back in now, and which means Hodge goes to fullback. Um, our back three, Hodge, the Tom Banks and, and Cora Betty, makes a really, really tidy back three. Yeah, no, really good. And, and I don't know who they're going to pick yet, obviously. I've named the team for this stage. We've also got Wright there as well. A really yeah. handy back three. I think um, Reese Hodge... Um, and he's not that old, but he's a little bit of a journeyman. He plays 10, 12, 13, 15 wing. He plays everywhere in the back line. He, he looked like a, he was destined to be a, a sort of super sub on the bench. But, um, you know, this year he's really played some really good football. He's hard running. He's great in defence. And I think he's just made it so he, he could not be picked. Nathan Gray, um, he's involved with the Wallabies. He's ex-Wallabies defence coach. He rates him really highly um, mm. and sees him as a guy, as a fullback. And as a 5'8", is someone like a little bit like Bernie Larkin, which is a fair rap. So if he's half as good as mm. that rap, he could be a, a real future for the side because um, the other part of his game, which everyone loves, is he, he, he can kick him from another postcode. He's... Oh, I've never seen yeah. a boot that big. Oh, exactly. And and that's 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 a lofty analogy, isn't it, with Stephen Larkin? But you watch the way he plays. And the thing about him is he just had the Midas touch, didn't he? Uh, I know that Reese missed that kick late in the game against Argentina, but it wasn't the easiest one. No, not at all. And you, you know, the thing is, when you, when you when you hit him that far, if you know it was like golf, not that I do, but you would, Tim, you're a big hitter. The further you hit him, the further you, the further you kick him, the, the further they go right or left if you don't get it right. But no, he's he's excellent. It's, it's, it's a massive thing. And I think the only thing, the thing about Bernie is he played five eight and he had a really he had really experienced nines. Um, 
which we've got, and a really experienced 12 outside him. And I think um, having that real experience at 12 when you're sort of playing 10 as a sort of a debutant or, or as someone who hasn't played a lot of it is really important. Yeah, Bernie had Rod Kafer, he had Elton Flatley, some real, real brains of rugby and, so, and, and, some, and also 5'8s as well, um, so which helped him massively. So, um, but, you know, I think Reese Hodge, you know, it's a great rap. And Maddie, are you liking our scrum at the moment? The scrum's fantastic. Look, I think, um, you know, our front row is... Um, you know, um, technically the strongest ever been. Yeah, uh, I love Tanella, um, Tom and Thor. He he is he has turned into a world class prop. Um, you know, he came on the scene with his ball running, as all young props often do. Um, and he's you know, and his scrummaging's developed, and now he's you know he's world class. You know, he he mightn't be in the top three or four best tight ends in the world, but I tell you what, he's knocking on the door, and at his age, mm. there's no reason why he can't be the best best tight end in the world in the future. And we've got some real good young props. Angus Bell, um, another great ball runner, very young. Um, and he's scrummaging, you know, people have criticised his scrummaging, but he's 19, 20, you know. Give him yeah. three or four years before we start, before we start, you know, really being too critical on his scrummaging because I think he's, you know, he's as, he's as strong as they come. Apparently, in the gym, he, he's, he's, uh, he's lifting the house down. So he's another young prop. And, the, you know, and then our stalwarts, Jane Slipper, Alan Aratawa. We've got a real good nucleus of uh, props there. And, and the hookers too that I think can see us the next World Cup and keep yep, us in good stead. Matt Dunning, is there any truth to the rumour that you've come in as the field goal coach for the Wallabies? <laughs> well, mate, a hundred percent record in you know in in, in, in uh, twelve years of rugby. I don't think there's any other uh, drop drop kicker who's uh, who's got a hundred percent record after twelve years of rugby. So um, it's pretty good. Timmy, I don't, I don't think he needs to worry about uh, the field goals, mate. I think he should be getting on the phone to our, our forwards and saying, just lurk a little bit wider the scrum here I'll, I'll, and um, look for a couple of intercepts as well. If we're going to get 101 points, we're going to need a few of those. <laughs> oh, well, that was one of the things. We was was his mobility. I know he's a humble man, but uh, he could move around quite quickly for a, for a bigger guy. Matty, I, I just want to ask about this Argentina thing. It's, like, it's a bit of a, a bold and a beautiful episode. Like They've punted their captain and um, a, a couple of players as the captain on on historic sort of xenophobic comments from a few years ago, it seemed like they wanted to get him back in and get them back in yesterday. But the the rugby union, as we see it at this point, are saying no, they they're out for this game. Yeah, really interesting. I, look, I, I don't know. I haven't heard a lot about it, but I think I'm not alone there. Like I, I understand the captain um, being dropped for the comments. I'll come back to that. But the other two players, I don't even know why they've been dropped. So all I can comment on is the captain and and look. You, if, if they're going to start dropping people and judging people and what they did when they're 18 or 19, I'm in a lot of trouble and a few of my mates are too. So, look, I think it's um, his comments were disgraceful and there's no doubt about it. There's no defence of his comments. But, yeah. you know, we're talking nine years ago and I think, you know, personally, I, I don't know enough about it, but for what I see on the face value, they could have used it as a, as a real story if, if, if it is the case that, you know, that he's turned it around. If they were the comments he made at 18 when he was a bit uneducated mm. and... Yeah, you know, it could have been a real opportunity if he has changed, and I imagine he would have had to playing a lot of rugby yeah. in Europe, and and you know it would have been a really good opportunity to show how yeah I made these comments when I was eighteen, uh, terrible comments. I, I'm embarrassed. I'm disgusted. But you know I wasn't was. educated, and, and this is where I am today. And 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 he could have, they could have used that opportunity if that's the case. But look, um, you know the comments were the, they're terrible. But um, yeah, I, I just feel for him now, like I. Just from my own point of view, I think, mate, we've, ch- we've chatted about it. If that sort of stuff came up from nine years ago, like I imagine he's really embarrassed. Yeah, he's, sure. He's uh, ashamed. He's, he's probably struggling massively. I just hope they're looking after his welfare because this is the type of stuff. 
in yeah, agree, time, mate. which is which has really hurt people. All three of us, all all three of us, have been in some strife. If we got historic on it, jeez, yeah, yeah, I won't comment on that. <laughs> 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 Look, what is it? Those who haven't seen cast the first stone. Matty Dunning, it's always good to chat with you. Uh, I'll be out there as a, as a proud Western Suburbs boy. I'm going out to Bankwest. I love it out there. I'm going to take all the three kids. It'd be great. How long have you been to Western Suburbs, Tim? Is it two weeks or how long have you been? No, born and, born and raised in Guildford, mate. Born and raised in Guildford and I still live here in the Western Suburbs. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding, mate. I know you moved out there now and you've, you've, you're a Western Suburbs boy, but it's always, uh, you're just, uh, you know, in the, I um I work in the western suburbs, Tim, and you fit right in just with all that. <laughs> hey, swing slow today. Swing slow today, Maddie. Swing slow, mate. Yeah, mate. Big game this morning. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, I can uh, uh, do all right in the Asquith Pro Am. Recent form is uh, pretty ordinary, but I hope I can turn it around. Yeah, just just the one just the one swing thought. Just the back of the ball. I've seen you play. You're outstanding, mate. I'll see you at the game. See you there, Tim. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate having me on. Afternoon sport. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes out to Paul Smith, Matt Dunning today. Thanks to our wonderful sponsors, O'Brien Beer. And, of course, he's magical, this guy. He really is something superhuman. He's our producer. His name is Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon with your – or Monday afternoon, actually – with your daily dose of sports news. It's been a lot of fun, Shane, our first week. Mate, big weekend. I'll see you Monday, Timmy. Be there.